What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. Uh, we are coming to you after a nice little victory on the road, 35-16 in Piscataway, New Jersey, which is home to absolutely nothing in the world over Rutgers. And, uh, dude, I got to say, uh, uh, man, what, what what was your feeling about this game? I mean, I it's to me, man, it was kind of a turd, was it not? So now that I've stepped back, because my initial reaction was the sky is falling. Um, I, I clearly texted you and I asked you what your worry level was after we were trailing nine to seven at the half. And you were like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's like five, 10 percent. Like, you know, we're going to get it together. And sure enough, we did. But my worry level was a lot higher. And it was in the fact that it's not like a bunch of gimmicky stuff happened. I mean, our offense is just so bad in the first half, and the defense can only do so much. And it just got me feeling like, you know, even not like it was probably the most worried I've been about a game this season, which is the weirdest thing, like in the moment. And I think it's the first time we trailed at the halftime all year. And even though the score came out, you know, pretty much covering the spread, we still lost on the, you know, the total yards battle in this game. So overall, even though I stepped back from it, I I feel really deflated by it, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from Rutgers. I think they're a better team than they have been in a long time. They have a top 20 ranked defense, and I think it showed a little bit, but I think a lot of our issues are still self-inflicted. I know that Rutgers played a different game plan, which we'll get into, which kind of limited what Kyle Cord could do down the field. But I was not happy with the performance. I mean, it was kind of a tale of two halves, but ultimately um, I left that game feeling relieved and just thankful to get out of there. Yeah. I mean, I keep having the same thought week after week, and you know, I've discussed it a little bit. You know, how long can we survive playing one half of offensive football? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we escaped another week, but – once again, we come up against a decent defense that, that's, you know, holding us back a little bit on offense and we're holding ourselves back as well. But, you know, we go to the half down slightly. But I'm just saying, when is that not going to be enough? When is coming on in the second half going to be too late for us? That's that's what I'm kind of waiting on, dude. And, uh, you know, it's, it almost just feels like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. I hate to say it that way. Shano had a pretty good game plan against us. And to be honest, I think he did a little bit of what we're going to see when we play the team up north, dude, here in a couple of weeks. And that is they're going to try to ran it running down our freaking throat and uh he tried that on saturday man i mean it wasn't successful in the end but i still think it was a great game plan and uh, records is a little bit better than everybody thinks man i think that's a small part that people need to like acknowledge is that this isn't the Rutgers from years past this isn't the Rutgers that you're expecting to beat 56 to 7 you know um, do I think if we played our best football, could we have still done that? Possibly, but this is a different team. Um, if you really look at the battle in the trenches, we didn't win that first half. Uh, we were getting pushed around. They were running all over us. Um, our defensive line looked the worst they've looked all season. And not to mention, I mean, on the back half of the defense, we were missing a couple starters and then another one went down in Josh Proctor. So, See, and that's kind of the worry, dude. You know, we've been standing on this defense all season long, but now here we are, you know, headed into the final weeks of the season and we're a little bit banged up. So when, so when is that chink in the armor getting ready to come? You know what I mean? How many people are going to be out down and out before we start to show it a little bit on defense? You know what I mean? And that, that in lies the issue with why, you know, Ohio state has had 
has played a really tough schedule up to this point and why teams like Michigan hasn't. You know, I'm not aware of any significant injury issues with Michigan, and it's because they haven't really had to go tooth and nail with, you know, difficult teams. And the teams I don't that know, they, man. That a lot they of hurt played, feelings over there. A lot of hurt feelings. Yeah, but the teams that they've played, <laughs> I mean, they've even played at home. I mean, they played Rutgers at home. They played Purdue at home, which are two like opponents that we've played already. Um, you know, it's just there's a difference between I mean, if you really want to think about Ohio State's last three game stretch, we had to go Penn State, then at Wisconsin, then at an improved Rutgers. And that's kind of that's, kind of, you know, by the end of that trip, I mean, you're pretty beat up and you're you're worn down and we've dealt with injury issues. I mean, the saving grace has been Travion Henderson's been back healthy the last couple games and he's been kind of the big difference maker. So. I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, we got to get into that game at the end of the season as healthy as we possibly can. Because if you recall last year, I mean, we're down to our third string running back and we had a handful of other issues. I mean, Cade Stover still banged up. He didn't play. Um, You know, we just we have a ton of issues going on on top of the offense being discombobulated a lot of the time, especially in the first half. And at this point, you know. I'm sorry, and I've tried to be as positive as I possibly can be, but I'm just – I'm about done with Kyle McCord. Um, he's just – you know, he, he's just not the answer in my opinion. Um, I think he can do enough to help us keep winning, but yes, you're right. When we get to the Michigan game or to um, a playoff potential game, I don't think he's the quarterback that can do it, at least from what I've already seen. Now, is there a chance he could play better and be improved? I guess. But I've enough of the sample size I've seen this year is that he's close to his ceiling, and his ceiling's not very high. Now, I want to give myself credit here. And I said this to you during the game. And if you listen to our podcast on a weekly basis, you know this. For four straight weeks, this is both with my heart and my wallet. Because I've lost on FanDuel. I lost last week because he threw for 189 yards and I needed 200 to win a parlay that I lost. Um, I have put my faith in Kyle McCord. I have tried to push for him to have a breakout week. I've done it in our profits. I've done it on FanDuel. I've done it on the podcast. And, dude, it's just not going to happen. And that is the last time I put my faith in Kyle McCord. I mean that. And he may win some games for us, dude. And he may, you know, and he may manage us all the way to a national championship that's very possible but as far as him being a quarterback that i'm willing to count on that i'm willing to bet on those days are over and that's honestly the question so you know how much of Kyle McCord that you said he's won us some games and i don't know if you really misspoke or if you really mean that but i, said I don't he think may he's may win us some games okay yeah but he hasn't won us any games and i know the argument's going to be what about that final drive against notre dame Okay, so I'll give him credit for that drive, but that drive shouldn't have had to have happened. You know, if you really go back and watch that game, he sputtered a handful of spots, you know, earlier that during that game, especially in the red zone, when we easily could have been up by a couple scores and that last drive wouldn't have needed to happen. And he really didn't do much in the Penn State game uh, until the very end. So, you know, how much is Kyle McCord really helping us out and how much is he holding us back? Like, I guess that's really the question that we need to have answered because I understand who else do we have? Well, we have Devin Brown. We don't know how healthy he is. I've heard he's back to practicing. But at this point in the season, I, I, I 
would not expect him Kyle to be replaced. So realistically, you know, we have to ride with Kyle the rest of the year. So at this point, the question is, how much is Kyle holding this team back, or how much is Kyle going to help benefit this team moving forward? See, I, you I understand the question people, I'm asking? Yes. Well, I think a lot of people in Buckeye Nation would probably err on the side of saying that we are that he's not helping or hurting us, that we lie somewhere in the middle. I believe that that would be the sentiment for Buckeye Nation. I believe that you have some on both sides of that middle ground, but I believe that would be the ultimate sentiment throughout Buckeye Nation is that he's just kind of there. Okay, that he's not really helping and he's not really hurting, but he's somewhere in the middle. I tend to fall on the fact that I think he's hurting because we're only getting to play two quarters of decent football on offense. That's just not going to work. It works in the Big Ten, I guess. Until this point, it's probably going to work again Saturday night when we have Michigan State at night. Um, But it's probably not going to work versus Michigan or beyond. I just don't feel that way, dude. He needs to play four quarters of football. And in that aspect, I would say he's holding us back. I agree. And, you know, we're nine games in now. And realistically, he started seven of them. Um, I think we're finally at the point where he's got to start showing some maturity and some improvement. Now, the one thing I'll give him credit for, besides that one horrible interception against Rutgers, is that was really the only turnover-esque type play that I remember seeing. You know, typically in these other games, he'll have a handful of passes that could be picked or you know, or turnover prone and just didn't happen. The only one he actually threw that should have been picked, I think was picked. Other than that, you know, he at least cleaned up that part a little bit. He didn't fumble the ball from my recollection, which I feel like he's done in every single game once he gets hit. Um, He's cleaned up a little, but yes, his stat numbers aren't there. But one thing I do like that I saw from Kyle this past game is that our improved red zone offense. Um, I think we made four total trips to the red zone, especially in the second half, and scored touchdowns on three of them. Um, I like the play calling to Marv. Yeah, but just uh, remember that zone. stat's only good because we didn't get to the red zone in the first half. <laughs> right, but uh, we did one time. Uh, that should be we a did compound one time, and that stat. Was, how and many that was times the... did you get there, and then how many times did you score? But, I mean, it, it, but it's it's a fair statement, and I think one thing that also improved that you can say from Rutgers, a benefit you could say, is that the run game has improved. Um, and how much of that is the offensive line starting to click a little bit more and how much of that is Trey. And I think it's a combination of both, but I think you're seeing a healthy Travion Henderson that we didn't see hardly at all last year. And he just, he's a different player. He's a, he's a, a game changer. I mean, even that check down that Kyle McCord threw to him in what the third or fourth quarter that, you know, was hoping to just get a first down on, on third and 10 and he runs it for 65 yards and about scores. So I think Trey's going to be a very important part of this offense moving forward. And obviously, you know, we're going to need uh, Marv, you know, c- to continue to be Marv. But we also need to get, uh, you know, hopefully a more healthy Emeka, you know, into the mix. And Cade Stover, we need him back. We need all those weapons. And I think we can get back to full strength uh, with all of our weapons, with the offensive line improved. Kyle McCord can still sling the ball at times. And if he can be more consistent in the game, then I will have more confidence. But up to this point, I just not seen it. Do I think it could still happen? Yes. But at this point, my betting is that we've seen about the most we're going to get out of him. Yeah, I pretty much come like all season long. I've been uh, innocent till proven guilty. And now I'm switching. I'm guilty to proven innocent. He has to prove it to me now. I'm now on the cynical Chad train. I was on the hopeful Chad train. Now I'm on the cynical Chad train. That's just that's just where it is. Yeah. So, 
let's kind of focus more on the defensive side of the ball now. Um, cause I do want, I do want to mention a few things, but I will at least kind of leave you with this on the offensive side of the ball. For me, um, I think that was probably, if not our worst, our second worst offensive performance of the year. Um, I can give a pass being at Notre Dame second or what fourth game of the season on the road. I can give a pass first game of the season at Indiana just early in the season, whatever. But you're eight games in and you go to Rutgers, a place that you're familiar with. You go there every other year. Um, I know Rutgers is improved, but to only put up, you know, 35 points and you needed seven of that from a defensive play. I mean, and you got outgained in yardage. And we had our lowest in, uh, output of the entire season yardage wise. Like that was an awful offensive performance in my opinion. I mean, if it wasn't for Trey, I don't know if we come out of there with the W. I mean, that's I, actually, I think the turning point of the game was Josh Proctor's hit. Absolutely. It was, I mean, we'll um, get to the defensive side, but tell me where, wh- where you, what's your lasting statement kind of with this offense this weekend? Dude, they've, uh, to me, they have to figure it out. This is not good enough. I, I think everybody can say that, dude. Whether you agree with us or not, whether you're sitting back there thinking, oh, you know, uh, you know, maybe they're a little bit better than we think, and you want to give them a pass, that's fine. But I think everybody out there can agree this is not good enough. Oh, it's, it's definitely not, not good, enough. good enough. It's absolutely not good enough. And, and I, I, I'm no longer comparing it to C.J. Stroud because we see what he's doing in the NFL. We understand that we had a generational talent, a passing talent in C.J. Stroud, probably one of the best ever. And I understand there's no way that he's going to hit that threshold with what he established the last couple of years here at Ohio State. But I think it's at least reasonable to expect that you've been in the system sitting, watching, waiting, practicing for two years, five-star coming out of Pennsylvania. You've got to produce more than what you're doing, especially with the weapons we have on the field. Like this is not good enough for even what I think a reasonable expectation is. I just feel like with him, and I feel like maybe this is a statement people are going to roll their eyes at. I feel like we're wasting possibly the greatest receiver to ever play at Ohio State. And one of the best defenses, too. Yeah, I just feel like at least statistically. Can you imagine what Marv would be if he had someone that was even just a couple of steps above him? Like, in well, we saw we we at least saw it last year. We saw it, you know, in the little blurb he got a couple years ago in the Rose Bowl. Um, we know it's there and it's just, dude, I don't know, man. It's frustrating. I hate to think about it and we can play the what if game all we want, but at the end of the day, I mean, I I think the hardest thing that is going to be almost impossible for us to get over this year is just, we're playing a completely different style of football that is uncomfortable. It's nerve wracking, but it's also been proven to be effective because we are nine and oh. And to be perfectly honest, if you asked me at the beginning of the season if I'd be happy going into November unbeaten, I would have said hell yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. I just think it's sad to me, like I said in the last podcast that we did, that when you know in your heart that you're like two pieces away, three pieces away from just being light years above everybody else, that's what's hard to take. You know what I mean? It's great that we're nine and zero. I'm super thankful. I'd much rather be nine and zero than eight and two or the eight and one or seven and two. But I'm telling you, dude, it's just it's hard to see it slip through your fingertips like that. You know what I mean? Knowing that you're just such so close. You know, right. you're you're one guy away. Yeah. You know, if this hap- this defense shows up last year, we're we're holding a big huge trophy at the end of the year. 
Uh, I agree, man. I mean, even even with last year's offense, which I still feel like two, 2020, uh, 21 was a better offense than last year, um, you know, with who all, who all we had on the field and number-wise. But, yeah, if you could match into the last handful of years offensively with the defense we have this year, I mean, we've missed out on a handful of opportunities to claim another title. And, I mean, even with last year, we're a field goal away, essentially. So, Mm-hmm. It it is frustrating, man. And you know, let's get on the defensive side of the ball here because I think, in my opinion, it's one of the worst defensive games that we played too. Now I don't know how much. Again, that question is, you know, Rutgers game. They're running, especially Manongai, uh, their star running back. You know, he's probably the second best running back in the Big Ten right now. Um, you know, how much it, you, credit you give Rutgers for that performance and, or how much was it that Ohio State's defensive line did not play well or if it's a combination of both. But, I mean, we got ran on for 230 yards, which is not something we've seen at all this year. And I know we've faced better rushing attacks than that between Notre Dame and Penn State. Um, we continued to do well in the passing game, especially being shorthanded. But, you know, overall, my feeling with the defense was I was still pleased, but I had several moments of disappointment in this game, probably for the first time all year. Well, dude, I mean, anytime you give up 16 points on the road in the Big Ten, to me, that's a win. Uh, that's a win. And, and dude, like we talked about before, there's going to be weeks, man. We can't expect them to be top notch in every single play on every single week. We just can't do it. Was it a letdown? Maybe a little bit more than it has been, but was it a complete letdown? No, they gave up 16 points, dude. And if you can tell me, if you could tell me right now, hey, you only have to spot a team 16 points. I don't care who it is. I'm taking it. I'm taking it all day long. So, yes, I do feel like it was a little bit more disappointing, but we talked about this before and you and I kind of argued with it, uh, argued about it a little bit. This is the defense that Knowles has set up. It is a don't give up the big play, bend, not break. Not good against the run type defense. And I was waiting all year long for someone to do it. And I kept telling, I've been telling everyone, this is what Michigan's going to do. This is what they're going to do. They're going to run it down our throats. That's what they're going to try to do. I'm telling you, we're going to have to adjust. We cut, we cut a little piece of it here. And had it been anywhere near the talent level of a Michigan, we might have had more of a football game. I can't disagree with any of that. Um, obviously, we were missing some pieces. Uh, we didn't have Denzel Burke. Um, Which I heard, by the way, for a second, I thought he was going to be out for the season. But now at least I heard he's back at practice. This yeah, week. I think the one we have to risk, the, I think the one we have to worry about being out for the season is Lathan Ransom. I mean, he's still not practicing yet. Uh, they haven't really given much information. Um, of course, they're keeping tight-lipped about it. But that's the one I would worry about losing the most. Um, obviously Denzel Burke's an important piece and I do want him back, but I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that Jermaine Matthews Jr. is the one following him up because that freshman can play the corner position. Um, he might even be a better true freshman playing corner than what Denzel Burke was playing as a true freshman. Like if you go back and watch the plays, I mean, he, he's outstanding. So at least I trust the backup there, but the backup right now for Lathan Ransom, I felt that void this last game. Because Lathan Ransom also was a key part in the run game as well. And I felt that. And especially on a few plays, I mean, Sonny Styles, even though I love him to death and I think he's going to be an amazing player, he had a bad pass interference call. That, that would have been Lathan Ransom's ball. You know, there's a few things that kind of tied into that game because we were missing some key pieces that worried me. Um, 
But I think the one bright side that I'd like to focus on, I don't want to be negative with this defense because I'm in the same boat with you. Was that our best performance this year? Absolutely not. But was it still pretty damn good? Absolutely. I mean, we we, we basically had three goal line stands against them. Inside the five-yard line, we kept them to three field goals on that. You know, and they outgained us by, what, 40, 50, 60 yards in this game, but yet we outscored them by 19. Can we at least give Rutgers credit for that freaking fourth and one? That play was awesome. Yeah, it. The, the, everyone's calling it a fumble ruski. I don't know if that's technically it. I, I think that's the best case scenario because I think there's actually an NCAA rule or an actual football rule that the quarterback cannot lay the football on the ground and then like fake go and then someone pick it up and go because it's technically that's the fumble ruski. Like if you remember Little Giants, right? Yes, I do. That's the fumble ruski. You actually have the quarterback actually has to lay it on the ground and pretend to run with it and then someone else picks it up and goes. But I think there's actually a rule against that. So this is as close as you can get, which is Dude, basically we handing it off. Well, yeah, I mean, why not? So because cool. what they're doing is if they have their eyes in the backfield at all, assuming it's a quarterback sneak, they see the quarterback not turn to hand it. He just goes forward. But as he's going forward, he reaches it between his legs. I mean, hats off. It's the first and only play this season that we've given up over 40 yards. And if it had to be on that play to any team, I guess it might as well be Rutgers, right? Yep. But at least we did get to ruin Rutgers because they were another one of the other three teams that hadn't given up a 40-yard play all season, and Trey took that from them in the second half on that 65-yard uh, reception. So I think there's only one left. I think it's Air Force, if I'm not mistaken. But anywho, um, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from this defense. Um, I just know that we're a little banged up. I was not pleased with the defensive line play. And I know that we're going to be fine, and especially you know with as many yards as they gained. Uh, we tightened up in the red zone like we needed to. So I still have faith, and I will always hold by the statement I've been saying this season, the fact that we will not be out of any game, no matter how bad our offensive plays, in my opinion, because of how good the defense is. Now, whether or not that's going to equate to a win, that's going to depend upon the offense. And I also think, I think it depends on whether or not we can uh, get and stay healthy here in the next few weeks. I really do. We can't be missing – I'll put it this way – Proctor hit that, you know, made that big tackle and then had to be taken out of the game uh, that ended up in the interception. You know, if Proctor goes out and Ransom's out and Burke's banged up, you know what I mean? Like there's only so many hits you can take and still be elite. I'll put it like that. So I really think that this defense at full strength or even slightly below full strength can keep us in any game, like you said. But, dude, I start to worry about this time of year, man. It starts to get physical. We get ready to play Michigan. You know, people are going to get banged up, dude. Not, that, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's a benefit, the two teams that we have to play the next couple of weeks. I mean, I'm not saying take them lightly, but I also don't think it's going to be as big of a grind as it has been the last three weeks. So I'm hoping that, you know, if they want to keep holding some key players out, I'm cool with it. Let them get rested. Let them be fresh. Let them be healthy for the most important game of the year. Don't force the issue against Michigan State. I mean, we're a 31-point favorite in this game for a reason. Michigan State's that bad. We don't need every single starter out there. Minnesota is not going to be too much different the following week. I'm not going to say that they're, we just look past them, but I think you know we can get by and keep key players healthy if we need to, if they're not 100%. So hopefully over these next couple of weeks, you know, uh, we can try to get as healthy as possible. And think, Michigan has to go to uh, Penn State this weekend. And then they have uh, Maryland the week after that, which even though Maryland's reeling, but 
if Maryland can step up and play, like they can be challenging. So it's not like, you know, Michigan's going to have all of a sudden a couple quote unquote bye weeks until they play us. And there's a very good chance that they're going to get banged up in the next couple of weeks. And who knows how healthy they'll come in playing. What you time don't is that know. Michigan Penn State game? It's a nooner. It's a nooner. Mm-hmm. I was kind of yeah. hoping for our sake that it would be a whiteout night game for them. Uh, they're going to do a whiteout, but it's going to be a nooner whiteout. Oh, God. Whiteout during the day. Who cares? I mean, the sun's already out. It don't need to be any wider, right? I was going to say, Jesus, all you can do is blind your players on your own team, too. Probably. But I will I will tell you this, though. It will definitely be a game that I will be watching. Um, I will be very interested to see because, you know, that's kind of the, the position that Ohio State's at, you know, this year is I know that we kind of self-reflect on how what our performances are, but now we're starting to play a lot of like opponents. And we really like to see how they're playing. Now, the funny thing is every opponent that we've played uh, the same as Michigan, it's been different. If we played them at home, Michigan played them away. If we played them away, Michigan played them at home. So it's not a perfect science, but, I mean, the Purdue games are very similar. 41-13 to 13 for them. We won them 41-7. to 7. We were on the road there at home. Uh, if you look at the um, – uh, what's the what's the game? Uh, why am I drawing a blank here? I'd help you, but I don't know what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. Uh, what's the other one I was thinking of? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Rutgers, the one we just played. Jesus, criminy. Uh, they beat them 31 to seven, and we beat them 35 to 16. I mean, not a humongous difference there. So honestly, we've played a lot of these like opponents very similarly. The only one that probably stood out was I think they blew out Indiana. If they, well, I'm, I'm just ready because I'm so tired of everybody blowing Michigan's. Damn, I almost went I almost went way off the left field where I shouldn't have gone. Blowing uh, Michigan's what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, based on nothing. And I think we're going to get into that here when we talk about this week's CFP rankings. But I'm just saying, finally, Michigan's going to have a test. Finally, we're going to see what they're made of a little bit. I think Penn State, you know, um, at least they'll be at home this time. They have a little bit better atmosphere. It's hard to come in Columbus, dude. And for that new quarterback there, um, I felt like he felt – being in Columbus big time and now he's going to get to do it at home versus Michigan on a big stage and I think we're finally going to get to see a little bit of how good really is Michigan because they have well, not been tested I'm going to tell out. you this I'm going to tell you this and I'm not going to spoil her because we might go and do it more in our next episode but I think Penn State has learned some things from playing against us that's going to benefit them against Michigan um, I think their conservative plays and the way they called that game um is going to be something they learned and they're going to be more aggressive against Michigan. I think the home crowd, and that's in my opinion, it's one of the most effective home crowds in the entire big 10 is going to make a difference of, you know, three, four, five point difference probably. And I am, I'm really expecting to see this game neck and neck going down to the wire to be perfectly honest. Yeah, dude. Everyone's picking Michigan. There's not a single person that is picking Penn State to even have a chance at this game. Dude, when you're and that is the perfect scenario because everyone sees and that's funny. That's the narrative. So we watched the Ohio State Penn State game, and it wasn't Ohio State's defense completely shut them down. It was Penn State's offense looked bad, and everyone's all of a sudden off of Penn State. And then they turn back around, sure had a snore fest against Indiana, but they beat Maryland 51 to 15. 
They still have two really good running backs, a five-star quarterback, and they still have a good offensive line and an exceptional defense. Like, how is some all of a sudden everyone is just so off of Penn State just because the narrative changed because they played Ohio State? Why can't Ohio State's defense have been that good that we just made them look bad? And why, you know, and we played I mean, a lot yeah, more difficult teams kid, than Michigan's played, but yet Michigan's defense is just, oh, it's so dominant. Well, it would be too if I played UNLV and Western Michigan and Southern Indiana and whoever else you played in the in the preseason, basically. I mean, I agree about 70%, but I'm just telling you 30% of me is like, that kid can't throw because we saw it here. He could not complete the simplest pass. Well, I saw him get rattled on the road in his first big time game. He is now going to be at home in his second big time game, and he's going to learn a few things. He's not going to play that bad. Hopefully, one of the things he learns is how to complete a screen pass. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, if you heard it anywhere, you heard it here first. I'm the only person saying there's a real possibility Michigan doesn't win this game because they've not been pushed all season. They've not had to have any adversity all season. I mean, I can't wait to see it. Let, okay, so let's get into the CFP rankings then. So, since we're off Ohio State, we're talking about new football teams. Let's get into the CFP. It's time. You've already baited me, so we might as well get into it. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to just read them down from 25 all the way to to one, dude, and then we'll discuss the top 10 like we usually do or or anybody outside the top 25 that uh, that we feel like maybe is worth talking about, um, which I don't really know how much there is. So, okay, coming into 25, man, you got Kansas State, 24, North Carolina. 23, Tulane, 22. Look at that, dude. Another Big Ten team making it in. How about them Iowa Hawkeyes? 21, Arizona. 20, Notre Dame. 19, LSU. 18, Utah. 17, Oklahoma. I can't believe they still stayed in. 16, Kansas. Uh, 15, Oklahoma State. 14, Missouri. 13, Tennessee. 12, the Beavers. I just like to say it like that, dude. I'm not going to say it the other way. Only Beavers. Okay, 11, Louisville Cardinals, uh, 10, Penn State, 9, Ole Miss, 8, Alabama, 7, Texas, 6, Oregon, 5, Washington, 4, Florida State, 3, 2, Georgia, and 1, Ohio State. All right. Now, just so everybody knows, the reason I fumbled through that is because the one I just pulled up is mascots only. So as I was reading it, I had to remember what everyone <laughs> was it really you're not on text. you're not on espn looking that up i'm dead serious dude it's the one that fox put out with the only the picture of the logo well that's so pretty good then i was like jesus like <laughs> i'm trying to think what you got stuck on there um uh, i'm surprised you got the two lane one then if it was just I got logo the two lane the only one i really got stuck on was for some reason when i saw uh 14 missouri i was like who in the hell is that I was like, oh, that's Missouri. Okay, I got it. Um, and then, of course, 12, <laughs> I said beavers because that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. And you said beavers to buy your brain more time to think beavers. beavers exactly. Beavers. <laughs> Oregon State, that's right. Oh, man. So uh, how about this, man? Before we get into the top 10, any surprises from 10 down? Um, I mean, not really. Um, honestly, Iowa. I mean, I guess you have to put them in there because they only have two losses, and I don't know if there's any other teams with two losses that aren't ranked that are in the Power Five, really. 
I mean, maybe UCLA, I'm not sure. They might have a third loss. I'm not really sure. I think they do. But I was awful. Like, Iowa has set college football back about five decades. That's harsh. And that it is, is harsh. It, it's so bad watching them play. Like, you know, you want to talk about pissing away generational defenses. Iowa has done that on a yearly basis. <laughs> they have single-handedly ruined a top 10 defense every single year with a in the worst 10 in the country offense. But it's amazing how they still continue to be ranked year in and year out with literally the worst offense in the country. That is true. So, I don't know. That one, I understand Notre Dame and LSU. They continue to keep LSU ahead of Notre Dame. They're the two top three uh, three lost teams. Uh, I do th- still think it is important Notre Dame did stay ranked. Uh, that does help our cause out. They're at 20. Um, other than that, man, I don't really see a lot of surprises or anything that I've, I, I, I would – strongly disagree with i mean you see kansas ahead of oklahoma which they should be uh you see oklahoma state ahead of oklahoma which they should be um yeah i I don't i don't see anything i really disagree with i'm just a little bit shocked that kansas state is ranked i mean jesus christ dude they're just now bowl eligible i mean come on you know what i mean and they have beat absolutely like there's the only thing on the resume is that they took uh texas pretty deep into overtime Okay. Other than how that, deep, how it. deep did they take them, dude? Deep. <laughs> Don't ever say it with that, that tone of voice again. <laughs> oh man, but you're right, dude. I really don't think uh, there's much to talk about outside uh, the top ten. Now let's get into the top ten, man. Well, before you even say that, so let's stick with the same premise that we did last week and the fact that. We it's never happened. A two loss team has never been in. So if we reasonably remove all of the two lost teams, we are now down to only 11 possible teams that could get in. And I'm going to even ask you this, you know, let's let's stick outside the top 10 here. OK, let's look at number 10 and number 11. Penn State and Louisville. Now, let's start with Louisville. If Louisville were to win out and actually beat Florida State in the ACC championship game, do you think Louisville would be in? No. Well, so, let me let me ask you. Okay, it depends on a lot. I, I know it depends on a few one lost things, teams. But, but let me ask you this: realistic? Do you think there's a realistic chance that Louisville actually is in the top four? I do not. So let's remove them. Okay. And I'm okay with doing that too because I kind of agree. Uh, I'm not saying they will lose before they play Florida State, and I think Florida State would beat them. But even if they beat Florida State, I think. That they haven't done enough. I mean, they're one, two, three, four, five. They're the actually they're the worst one loss team in college football in regards to the the Power Five. So I don't see them jumping over. Like let's say uh, for, let's even just say that Louisville wins out, right? One loss ACC champ. Do you think they're getting ahead of a one loss Ohio State team that doesn't get to the Big Ten championship game? No, I I still don't. I still don't. But with that so, sentiment, dude, I don't think Penn State has a prayer getting in anyway. So we'll get to that. But so I, I think we can eliminate Louisville. So really, we only have 10 possible teams for four spots. Yeah, pretty so much. So let's I'll, I'll let you talk about the rankings and what you feel, and then let's play a little what-if game. So obviously the top eight didn't change. Um 
And that's mainly because Oklahoma lost. So they moved Mississippi up a spot, Penn State up a spot. Um, do you see any issues after you, what you've seen this past week, this past weekend, with where these teams are ranked? And I will at least say this. I'm not shocked, but I am a little surprised that Ohio State did stay number one. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I had him number two this week. Um, I still continue the same thing that I do not believe they are playing as the number one team. Now, I do agree with the fact that they continue to not look at it uh, as a week by week basis, but it's just another week added on to the entire resume. And I feel like they did a good job with that because if, you know, obviously Georgia had a better win playing a, a, a ranked Missouri team. And Ohio State struggled on the road to an unranked Rutgers team, given it's a more improved Rutgers team, but still it was not it did not look good. But if you compare these resumes, Ohio State still has the number one strength of record and the 20th strength uh, strength of schedule, while Georgia is what seventh strength of record, maybe a little bit better than that, but they're 90th in strength of schedule at this point. So I agree that just off that one game, it shouldn't have been enough to move Georgia up since they obviously put Ohio State at number one in the first place based off a resume. So all of a sudden, are you going to flip that around and be like, ah, let's scrap the resume. Ohio State looked bad, so let's just go eye test this week. Well, Georgia beat a ranked team this week, and they looked the part. And I'm sorry to say, dude, offensively, we don't. I agree with that, but since they initially put Ohio State at number one based upon, obviously, we agree it was resume-based. Well, this is the only – not, That's not enough of a resume boost for Georgia to jump Ohio State because See, they disagree. still – See, I disagree. I'm going to tell you why. OSU's – our resume just got weaker. And it's it still weaker every week. And tell me, how is Ohio State ranked number 20th in, in strength of schedule? Based in Georgia, what? Notre Dame now has three losses. How much of a Notre quality Dame win is that? Twenty. Penn State's Penn, going to have two losses top, this weekend. Penn, Penn State's in the top 10. They're going to have two losses. They're, they're not going to be in the top 10. That team is ranked 14th. What? And they also struggled against an unranked South Carolina. My point is, dude, unranked Auburn. I'm sorry, dude. I, I disagree strongly with you. Well, because you're wrong. That's you're, what I'm telling you. Who would win today, Georgia or Ohio State? You're ignoring I swear to God, gun to your head, your family's house is on the line. Who's winning? Between who? Georgia and Ohio State today. I Georgia, would, you know I would, it. I would lean more Georgia, to be honest with you. Yes. But you're missing the point. I'm not saying I test. I'm not saying who do I no, think No, I would, think you're missing the point. Oh, you the are. The resume has dropped. Resume. What put them up there is not the same anymore. It is still the same it's because not. Notre Dame lost again. It's not the same. How is it the same? So tell me what's what's Georgia's other big win besides Missouri? It doesn't matter, dude. They have a ranked win now and they look the part. We have two ranked wins and one of our ranked wins is still better than their ranked win. Yeah, but we don't look the part. So it's not like based upon this last week, who was the best team this last week? No, that's just another tier on the tower that you're continuing to build that you judge these teams. It's you can't all every week the base that was built. Like I can't remove the first floor and then just judge the second floor because if I don't have a first floor to build the second floor on, there'd be no second floor. But that's the thing. The floors keep changing. The first floor is not the same as when you were on it now. It, it's not the same. Have the first floor there. You can't just ignore it. Dude. Penn State is going to have two losses after this weekend, and Notre Dame has three. After this weekend, you're right. After so how good week- is that resume anymore? That's what I'm getting ready to tell you. And I'm going to probably agree with you. If Georgia beats Ole Miss this weekend, and that's the number nine ranked team in the country, 
and they have a win against Missouri. And now our two rank wins are going to look very similar to Georgia's and Georgia's look more of the part. Absolutely. Do well, I think to me this weekend Ohio State's going to be number one? Most likely. I know. But if we are arguing resume, if and you and I are sitting here arguing resume, then don't you go to the eye test after that? And we, you and I both said Georgia's the, the best team right now. Enough. In my opinion, the they resume me because Notre Dame enough. sucks, dude. I think they're way overrated. I didn't even think they'd be ranked this week. I, I listen, really didn't. You can say that all you want, but still having to go to Notre Dame is oh, not. Oh, God. I'm so tired of hearing about what they did to Notre Dame. Who gives a shit? Notre Dame's lost three times. Three. There are two spots above Iowa, which you said was a complete disgrace to college football. Right. So so them trailing and then only beating South Carolina, who has like three, four losses by, by 10 and only scoring 24 points on South Carolina. That's a quality win, right? OK, let's keep going down your rabbit hole. Well, let's talk on. about Georgia beat, Auburn game Georgia beat when Kentucky? they were trailing they against at Auburn. Hold on. No, Georgia let's keep going down your, that's your two path. ranked wins. They beat Missouri and Kentucky. That's two ranked wins. And they look better than we do all around. So what are you saying? Kentucky's no longer ranked. It doesn't matter. And after this weekend, Penn State probably will be ranked in the back of it, too. That's I'm, I'm not saying. talking about what I feel like after this weekend. I'm talking about right now. Stop Dude, jumping ahead. I'm telling you, I think based on our offense, which is absolute dog right now. Agree. should be number one. Agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. Based upon eye test in my – It really sounds like for the last 10 minutes you've been – No, what I'm disagreeing is you are ignoring, and you're sitting here trying to argue that Georgia has a better resume than Ohio State. No, I did not say that at all. Yes, you did. I said now that Georgia has a ranked win, I said now I feel like they should move above us because they look like a better football team than we do. I never said anything about Michigan looks like a better football team than we do, but they're not above us. But they haven't had a ranked win, Davis. But we have two Georgia ranked has wins. Two. So we does Georgia. Two. Georgia has two. Kentucky's not ranked anymore. It doesn't matter. We, You and I have both talked about a hundred times. It matters what it is when you f-ing play them. Well, that's not what they said. If you listen to the entire episode when they talked about it, and they said it's a combination. Some of it has to do with where they were at when you played them, and some of it has to do with where are they now because they clearly Georgia said be number that. One. That's all. I don't disagree with you. Well then, why are you arguing with me? I can't understand why you're arguing. We I'm only I'm wins. only they sitting here trying wins. to get you to understand that when you are talking about eye test, which is what you're bringing up, that should be more the tiebreaker. And you have agreed with me. As a matter of fact, you've thrown that in my face in years past that the eye test should be more about splitting hairs, other than the overall thing. What I'm and saying is two ranked since, wins versus two ranked wins, and then the eye test. I put Georgia number one. That's all okay, I'm telling you. Okay, so you're talking about as of late, and I'll give you credit, okay? As of the last handful of games, Georgia's looked better, okay? But if you're taking whole body of work, how are you ignoring their struggles with South Carolina? How are you ignoring they had to come back in the fourth quarter to beat an Auburn team that is not good? Dude, we were losing to Rutgers at halftime on Saturday. So exactly. There's similarities so in both teams. So that's what I'm saying. So when there's similarities in both teams, what do you go to? But I still understand that the strength of schedule is way different. Ohio State at 20, Georgia at 90. That's not enough to compare to go based off of strictly eye tests at that point. Ohio State has been more deserving at this point. Now, after this weekend, that will change in Georgia's favor, and it will stay in Georgia's favor, in my opinion, for the remainder of the year. I agree with everything other than 
even though I was surprised that Ohio State stayed number one, the more I think about it in well, regards to surprised? overall resume. If you're arguing with me about where they should be, why are you surprised? Why would you even have well, doubt? Well, because, because the committee has not been consistent with how they've ranked their unbeaten teams or even their one-loss teams when it comes to resume or eye test. They've done a mixture of both. In Ohio State's favor, they gave us the resume. But in Georgia and uh, Michigan's favor, they gave me the eye test. Because obviously they did that to put them over top of Florida State and Washington, and they weren't as deserving. And you agree with me on that. So they flip-flopped. So I wasn't convinced that they were going to stick with the same premise this week. Now, they ended up doing that. So there's some consistency, at least week to week, on what they judged each team. But however, you know, the way they judge each individual team seems to be different. One criteria is good for one team, while one criteria is good for another team. So that's why I had some of my surprise, you know, my surprise and my doubt that we'd still be number one. I didn't think we should be number one. Like I said, that's just my opinion. I Now, next week, that could change. It could all change every week. And that's what I'm saying. That's what nobody wants to understand where I'm coming from this week. Who is the number one team in the country this week? Who's the number one team? Nah, that's but that I, I understand where you're coming from, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. Because it you actually, have to take into it shouldn't be because you that's bullcrap, man. No, because if next you week, have to take into Michigan account the entire the, the entire no, basis no, of your no. whole season at that yes, point. Yes, you do, but it should be a compound fucking structure. That's well, what that's I'm what saying. I'm saying too. So this week I feel like Georgia has a rank win now and they look like the better team. They should be number one. And next week, if we win big and we look like the better team, then we should jump there. It shouldn't be once you get into the number one driver's seat, it takes all <laughs> hell to take you out of it. That's I bull- First of all, I agree with that, and unfortunately, once Georgia or any SEC team, SEC team gets a hold of number one, they can never be overtaken. That's a guarantee. Well, that's what I'm saying, but that's not – But should not be that's not what I'm arguing either. What I'm saying is at this point through nine games, if you look at the bulk of everyone's season, that's why Ohio State is still deserving. Now, looking-wise, I can understand, and I agree with you, I don't think they should be number one. I think but it should be deserving. I think yes. It should now, be Georgia, Ohio State. I'm going to say this, and, and I'm and I'm going to say this too because we we need to get off of this and get to something else. But I think it should be Georgia, Ohio State, and first of all, I don't even think Michigan should be in there. And I've talked to you about this before. Based on what? There's nothing to base it on. Washington is getting screwed. They're getting screwed week in and week out. They keep finding ways to win, finding ways to win. They keep beating ranked teams, and they're still on the outside looking in. And that my friend, is the biggest tragedy in this top five. Yeah, they're they're doing Washington a big injustice. I, I can agree with you. And me also agreeing that we should drop Michigan further down is not a biased thing based because we're Ohio State fans. If I was biased, I would have had Ohio State number one. But that's not how I feel. And, I, and I'm in the complete agreement. You know, I am shocked that Ohio State's number one. And honestly, in my gut, it doesn't feel right, Ohio State being number one. Because my gut tells me we're not number one right now. I'm not saying we couldn't be, but right now my gut tells me we're not number one. Like in 2019, I felt like we were number one when we were at the only other time that we were pre, you know, at the first ranking and for a couple weeks. But all it took was one sluggish game against Wisconsin and we got overtaken by LSU. And the next thing you know, we're out first round of the playoffs. So honestly, it doesn't really matter. I mean, matchups are going to matter at the end. A lot of this stuff's going to work itself out. But I do find it interesting and it's great content for us to discuss. Because, you know, you have one way you look at it, and I have another way I look at it. But to be perfectly honest, I think me and you are actually very similar this year. 
I don't really know why we're arguing. I think we were probably circling around the same damn argument. <laughs> we probably were. I think it's just that I – where you feel like it's kind of like – I kind of feel like you, you're in the situation where it's like you get into a ranking, and if nothing negative happens to you and you keep your status quo, then that shouldn't change unless someone below you does something significant in order to catapult themselves above you. That's almost what it kind of has to take if well, there's that big of a difference in resume, which even before that, so even after that Missouri game, Georgia's strength uh, strength of record is 90th in the country out of 130 still, teams, I know, while Ohio State's 20th. Anybody that has Ohio, that has Michigan in the top five is doing that based solely on the eye And that, that I agree with as well. So, yeah, you're on one end you're seeing resume. On the other end you're seeing blatant eye test. With, so, and, and Michigan's strength of uh, schedule is like 100th. To me. Like, theirs is awful. Georgia had a, a, a quote-unquote ranked win over Kentucky that's not ranked anymore. I get that. But that's what they were missing from the resume. Well, they got that this weekend. Okay, so now you put that on the resume mixed with the eye test. That's what makes me want to move that's what makes me want to move. Them. That's I think what they it, were missing. And you know what's going to happen, dude, when Michigan wins this weekend? I'm telling that's you, That's going to give them a ranked win. I'm telling you, just wait. I'm telling you, things are going to get interesting. But I'm saying there's a couple of teams out here that are missing ranked wins. And when they get them, like, the game is going to change. It's it's funny we argue about this. And they even said it on TV. It was funny. Uh, uh, what's his face? The quarterback from Alabama that's on ESPN now. McElroy. Greg McElroy, yeah. Greg McElroy and Joey Galloway are literally arguing, and Joey looks at me. He's like, "I've never seen someone so bent out of shape on the second week. Like it's the second week. Like it's gonna work itself out." I get and bent it's out of shape every week, but it's the same. <laughs> it, but but it will work itself out because Georgia's gonna play a top ten team this week. Then they have to go on the road and play a ranked Tennessee team. Then they're going to have to face most likely Alabama and the SEC. I mean, Georgia's going to have a backloaded season that kind of snuck up on them that when we first looked at the schedule, we didn't really see much. So Georgia's going to have to earn it, and if they do, they're going to be the clear number one, clear. Even if Ohio State beats Michigan or vice versa, Michigan beats Ohio State and one of those teams is unbeaten, I still feel like Georgia unbeaten with that resume would be number one. So it's going to work itself out. I mean, sure. Could Georgia win this week against number nine and move up to number one already? Probably. And I would actually expect that to probably happen. Regardless, even if we come out and beat Michigan State 64 to nothing. Um, if if Michigan goes out this weekend and completely destroys Penn State at their place, I can see Michigan climbing over top of us. Because I know our, that Notre Dame win, like you mentioned, is getting less and less impressive. And then if you look at the same team that we beat and they demolished them on the road while we struggled at home, that's going to be a, a big you know, statement win for Michigan. And I can see them climbing up to maybe even the number one spot and Ohio State dropping all the way down to three. Well, I just don't appreciate there, not being, in, there being no consistency at all across the board and not being able to tell what the, uh, you know, what the committee is feeling every week. And the guy comes out and explains it to me. Or explains every week. And every single week he's like, well, it's a combination of this. Combination of that. And then the next week he's like, well, it was a combination of this. And then this week he's telling me that they're looking at. And this kind of pissed me off. This is my beef with them. Well, we kind of look at who they got injured and who's coming back. And uh, what the hell's that got to do with anything? That should have to do with nothing. If you have, if you're winning and your star safety is out, it should have nothing to do with your ranking. 
I'm sorry. Until you lose, your ranking should be what it is. And, and dude, I, I don't agree with that sentiment. I'm sorry. So what? Because we're missing half the defense this week. We still pulled it out. But it be, if you feel like maybe we're taking a hit on defense or whatever, you might rank us lower. That's not yeah. fair. Yeah. And, you know, you know, what would be refreshing is if they finally got someone. Yeah, up there that Bud Light, because we've had this conversation and I'm just like <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> I just said that was the first beer I thought of. I'm not getting Oh, my. But, uh, God, I'm, I'm guaranteed that's the first one you thought of. <laughs> Guarantee it. <laughs> but uh, it's something, dude. It's been a, it's been a tense day. Jeez. Well, and the funny thing is we've actually agreed most of the way, but it's just something about these rankings that makes you just want to, like, punch someone in the face. No, dude, I love it. I argue, And as a matter of fact, half the time, dude, I'll argue with you even if I don't feel like I'm – it doesn't matter. Sometimes I just argue just to argue. I'm saying yeah. just because I feel like I need to get fired up about something. But I, I think things are I think next week when we talk about this ranking is the first time we're actually going to see some switch up. And it's not because we're expecting any upsets up top. But I think that's, you know, some of these top ranked teams are going to finally be getting some of these more marquee wins and might have some moments that are going to switch up the top spots a little bit. But at the end of the day, um you know, everything's right in front of us. If we take care of business the next three weeks and I mean, it's looking like whoever wins the East is going to be playing Iowa. Uh, everything's right in front of you. So yeah. like you mentioned, the next couple of weeks, we need to find a way to still play strong, try to get Kyle McCord improved, try to uh, get more comfortable, but most importantly, get healthy yeah. and go into the game, the, uh, the game, uh, thir- you know, Thanksgiving weekend uh, as full strength as we possibly can. Well, real quick before we wrap this up, let's uh, talk about today's episode being brought to you by www.additionalflavors.com. Um, if you get a chance, go and check their website out. Like I said, a good friend of ours from back here in Westerville um, has a, a website where he sells spices and rubs and pretty much anything you need to doctor up uh, the plain old food that you're cooking at home. Um, it's great stuff. We both tried it. Um, you know, I enjoy it, and I probably plan on actually using some this weekend because uh, for once – it's a night game, and I'm going to get to do a little bit of grilling and hang out at the house, so I plan on using it this weekend. But uh, if you get a chance, go check them out, www.additionalflavors.com. Yep. Um, be on the lookout uh, here in a few days. Uh, we'll be putting out our Michigan State preview uh, episode, and uh, I think if we can find time, Chad, I'd really like to – we haven't really had a much of a chance – on the podcast to talk about all this Michigan stuff going on. And there might be some new information in the next couple of days that might be important to talk about. Um, all I'm going to say is this, is that I have heard rumors that there is very likely to be a suspension for Jim Harbaugh in the next uh, couple of days. Um, don't know how accurate that is, but I've heard that on multiple occasions. So we may have more to talk about uh, for the next episode, more than just the Michigan State preview. So hopefully, even if not, you know, there's still a lot of things that I'd like to discuss with you about that that I think are obviously relevant and important and how much we really feel like that even made a difference over the last couple of years. So to be honest, I know, you know, everybody expects us to talk about it, but the reason I'm not talking about it is because everybody's talking about it. Well, that's true. But, you know, at some point. I need to I, – I want to express my opinion about this, and I know I you want, do too. I mean I so want – So that's why we're not talking – we're not talking about it every week, but I think we've given it enough time that I think we can address it. 
I almost said the worst thing I've ever said in life. So I'll save that for when we do talk about it, dude. I had to Fair reel enough. that back in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to mentally prepare yourself for that one. All right, guys. All right, so um, uh, if you haven't already, um, go check out our website. That's dtipodcast.com. We have all of our episodes on there. Uh, you can see our prop bets. Uh, Chad has made a little bit of a comeback. He is now only down trailing uh, 12 to 15 with three weeks left to go, nine points available. So anything can still happen. Um, we will do a prop bets again for the next episode. So be on the lookout for that. Um, also on the website, uh, you can check out, um, our sponsors, like you said, additional flavors, uh, you can just a bunch of content on there. So just go check it out. DTIpodcast.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page and our Twitter as well. So give us a shout out on there if you haven't done so already. And, uh, you can also stream all of our episodes on all major streaming services as well. If that's more your thing. And we just appreciate everyone. Uh, we've gotten a lot of great be- uh, feedback this year. I know we've done some new and different things, and there's more things on the horizon for us. So just be on the lookout. But we appreciate everyone. Until next time, guys, go Bucks. OH.